Welcome to another edition of Player Interviews presented by Inside the Hashes. My name is Juan Pablo Guarín Camargo, and today we're talking to Hampton Fay, rising senior quarterback for All Saints Episcopal in Fort Worth, Texas. In talking with Hampton, we broke down his preparation and training as a high school quarterback, his path towards committing to Michigan State for the class of 2021, and a whole lot more. With that said, let's jump into it. So first thing I want to ask you is, like, in your profile, you are described as a pro-style quarterback for... A lot of the listeners that we have, they don't they don't really know the difference between pro style and a dual threat. Can you, in your opinion, can you kind of break down that difference for me? Yeah, pro style is your typical pocket passer. I mean, he's going to sit in the pocket and try to deliver the ball that way. And um, your dual threat, I mean, you're it's more of your scrambler quarterback likes to get out of pocket, makes plays with his feet stuff like that so I mean that's kind of the way I've seen it and uh there's been a lot of good quarterbacks that have always been um, good both ways um, you know like and like especially like for me I mean a lot of people describe me like being a dual threat especially last season just being able to move my feet and stuff but I would like to develop myself into a more of a more of a pro style just being able to sit in the pocket keep my eyes downfield and uh just deliver the ball long. I know you clock in at a four six eight on your forty, and you can hurt him, obviously, because you're on track. <laughs> so, like, if you had to transition to dual to dual threat, do you think you could make that transition easily, or would it take a while? Yeah, I think I could. I mean, you know, I, it's just a style of style of play, and um, we, especially in high school, I mean, we do a lot of quarterback runs and stuff like that. I mean, and especially in college, there's a lot of programs I do just like have the quarterback you know as an athlete you know so they're going out and making plays with their feet so uh, and yeah for me I, I could say so yeah I could do I could do dual threat pro and whatever whatever they need whatever the team needs so <laughs> and so I know you grew up it kind of like a quarterback lineage your dad playing at Navy your grandpa TCU did they instill you becoming a quarterback at an early age or is that something you just always wanted to do yourself it was kind of funny, you know, just like growing up. I mean, I played flag football, like pre-K, kindergarten, and first grade. I played my first year of tackle football in second grade and then all the way up. But, you know, like during those early, early ages, they just kind of was like, you know, you can go, go do whatever. You can play quarterback, running back, wide receiver. In fact, I think I played like center or something like that for flag football. So all I did was just toss the ball to the quarterback. So I didn't. I was kind of all over the place, you know, but I mean, just growing up and stuff, you know, I knew they were quarterbacks and that was always something I was looking up to as a kid and um, being able to see them take control of the offense. And that's something that's like my dad's always talked to me about is just a quarterback being able to take control of the team and just leading them. And uh, that's something that always um, made me wonder and wanted to be, wanted to be just hearing stories of you know, my dad in high school or in college and. Um, also, my grandpa in high school and college, just talking about times and their quarterback and stuff, just listening to that was always real inspiring and um, something that I wanted to be. And so, yeah, just growing up, I mean, peewee football, middle school, and eventually high school, I mean, playing quarterback was kind of something that was like I wanted to do and was inspired to do, you know, when I was little. And I played quarterback. I, I, sell, I say I started playing quarterback like probably third or fourth grade and then all the way up until like, you know, 
sophomore year, I played receiver, but besides that year, all the other years, I played quarterback. So, you know, peewee football, we, we played both ways. <laughs> so, you know, I was getting some reps at DN and linebacker. Uh, those are the glory days, you know, you get to play on both sides of the ball. So, were you always worry about getting hurt too much. <laughs> were you always like the tallest kid? I know you're six foot five right now, but like, was that always like the case, or yeah. did you like start small and yeah. then just blow up? Yeah, back in back in those days, it was kind of this. I was a lot more taller than a lot of the other kids, you know. But I mean, I was I was scrawny, just being tall and everything. But I mean, just uh, I think that kind of had a lot to do with it, just being taller than a lot of the other guys and just being a going out, and just being a kid, being an athlete. So in doing my research, I found this one interview where you said that your greatest strength as a, as a quarterback is your decision-making skills and your ability to read mm-hmm. defenses. During the offseason, how exactly do you train your, yourself, your mind, like in terms of mm-hmm. your, re- refining your decision-making skills? Mm-hmm. When I go into like a film study or we get on the whiteboard and talk ball and everything, and I, I have a lot of a lot of coaches that, that are good resources for me to um, – learn about you know the game and stuff like that because in game situations you're presented with so many different types of situations and you know it's going to be a different situation for every play and so for me I try to um, create different situations for you know the same plays over so I can get a feel for um, you know what what I'm looking for is this a good play or stuff like that so I mean the whole like just practicing and learning and going through that that process of how to, you know, make a decision. I think as a quarterback, I mean, I mean, to play our best, we got to be absolutely confident in what we do. got to know where everybody's, where everybody's doing on the field and stuff like that. So, you know, once I've learned the playbook and I know what everybody's doing and, you know, every, every small detail and stuff like that, and I'm able to control what they're doing. And we have a bunch of, a bunch of stuff in our offense when we're able to make minor adjustments on the field and, split seconds so I mean it's it's fun to do especially at a high school level but I think that's you know going into this new school All Saints their offense has a lot of freedom to it and it's let me develop my decision making skills a lot and I think being presented with different situations just been able to help me a lot just grow and learn about about the defense and you know passing concepts and um, there's all. I feel like even now, compared to last season, like my knowledge has gone through the roof, and so you know, it's just it's just like a just a card game or a board game. You know, you go out on the field and defense presents you something, and you just gotta decide whether it's a good play or not, and just gotta make some adjustments and make it a good play and you're ready to go. So, but I mean, yeah, I've had a lot of, a lot of coaches in the past and leading up to now that have really helped me just be able to make good decisions on the field. Just, just playing my full potential. I'm gonna get back to your <clears throat> film study habits in just in like just a bit. But what I want to ask you is like, so a lot of what I've read about you, like you're very highly praised, you're very held in high regard and appropriately so, uh, especially with just the three games that you played last year, the numbers that you put up, just phenomenal. Is there any like critiques that you've heard about yourself from people that you have taken into consideration? Like, how have you been able to handle criticism mm-hmm. from people? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one thing that I do hear a lot of, and, you know, I definitely agree, and a lot of people, you know, looking back on my season from last fall, there's, I mean, there's hundreds of things that I could, you know, that I've learned from now and that I'm still 
working on and practicing on. I think one of those is being able to keep my eyes downfield and extend plays downfield with my arm. You know, when I get out of pocket, I tend to, um, you know, want to run the ball and get pick up as much yards as much as possible, which is nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, you know, ultimately <laughs> it comes with the risk of injury, which, you know, ultimately caused that tear in my shoulder, which ended I see them pretty quickly, but, you know, something working that I'm working on also is the slide, but then also to be able to look, look downfield and scramble, just throw and run, and also, you know, decision-making, can't, can't learn enough about that, so I've been, you know, we're, we're doing some tweaks for our offense, and so it's going to be really fun, so I've been learning that, especially getting on, you know, huddle and film and doing all that good stuff, just watching all the past years of uh, games, um, that also that all sense of played and being able to identify the plays and you know see how we can get the most of what we can do so it's been good though yeah I mean as far as like study habits and stuff like that so it's uh it's interesting just to kind of go in this because because the, the the game changes so so much and so we just got to adapt real quickly and be able to just be able to see it and recognize it in terms of keeping your eyes down the field so since you're since you have officially committed to Michigan State, you're going into the Big Ten, and they have some of the top defenses in the country to play against. So for dual threat quarterbacks, usually like eye movement and looking down the field isn't always an issue because they always have the ability to run the pocket and and speed away. But as a pro style, you're you have to be much you have to be able to influence safeties with your eyes. So like going forward, how do you really intend to like improve? on being able to yeah. use your eyes downfield, like any techniques. And that was one thing, too, I think, especially something that I, I learned a lot um, in high school is using my eyes, especially last season, because, like, the first game, I wasn't really using my eyes to move the defense for receivers to get open. But, you know, a couple couple games go past, and I'm able to learn how to use it. It's, it's pretty incredible what you can do, how you can move your eyes to be able to move the safeties and go deep. I mean – you're just playing games back there, and it's it's really that's the, probably one of the funnest things to do as a quarterback, just pull the defense with your eyes, you know, and chunk it deep. Absolutely right, man. Absolutely right. Now I want to kind of move into your your history in in terms of high school football going in. So I know that ever since you were a kid, you dreamed about playing for Alito High School. So when you were finally able to when you were able to join the football team, like for the first time, what was that feeling of having become uh, achieved the reality of being part of the team? I was extremely excited. Like, I mean, at the same time, I was, I was kind of anxious and ready, you know, to see what was in store for me going in. Like my freshman year, we all the freshmen played on the freshman team. We just had a really big school, and uh, we some of us were able to move up in the playoffs that year. But sophomore year came around, and I was able to get a chance to play on varsity as a receiver, which turned out to be really fun and an exciting season going on to win state be undefeated it was really fun like going into sophomore year I just wanted to play varsity you know I, I just wanted to find a spot on the field to play whether it be you know quarterback receiver defense I don't know just anyone on the field I wanted to start on varsity and so that was kind of one of the goals I had set for me um, for my sophomore season and uh, I mean in my mind I wanted to go you know play quarterback and do that do that fun stuff unfortunately that didn't really turn out though but I was able to find a spot uh, as receiver, but there's a lot of good things that came out of being able to play receiver and uh, 
just understand the game more and be able to understand the position more and just help me in the long run. So, so yeah, that's what's been really beneficial. What was it that made you finally decide to transfer out of Alito into Episcopal? Mm-hmm. I know that your coach said you literally knocked at his door to ask for a transfer. So the way it went down, basically, so sophomore going into junior year, towards the end of my sophomore year, we had spring ball and, you know, going through that. And I thought in my mind that, had a real shot of being able to compete for the position and try to go win the job. And um, unfortunately, there was just some circumstances that wasn't able to work out for me. You know, there wasn't any co- – like coaches weren't – I mean, the coaches were good coaches. They're just doing their job. You know, they're going out winning games. So they're going to use their guy who they feel like is going to go out and win, win games for them. And, you know, which is not for me because, I mean, you know, I just wanted to find time because I knew – in college, I wanted to go play quarterback, and I needed some film of me playing quarterback, and I felt like the only way I could do that really was, you know, moving schools. And so, basically, I went through spring ball at Alito, and at the very end of the school year, I unenrolled and enrolled into um, All Saints Fiscal and uh, was able to work with them and um, learn their offense and just took off from there. How different has All Saints been in comparison to Alito in terms of uh, coaching, culture? Like, what have you noticed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's different for sure. I mean, you know, there's it's a smaller team. All Saints is a private school. So, I mean, if you're talking like Alito, like in my sophomore class, there was probably like 450 kids. And then at All Saints, there's like 150 kids in the class. So... Yeah, it's it's a little different as far as like the numbers go, but Alito is a five A Division two football, and then All Saints is a six A Division one. So they're still have they still have the high level they still have the high level level competitiveness at All Saints, and the same thing with Alito, they both show the same competitiveness. But as far as like coaching and stuff like that, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, the coaches still push you as hard as they can, and they still you know they still look out for you and care a lot about you and stuff like that there's a couple so coach Beck is actually my head coach at all saints and he's also the head of school so he has a lot of priorities that he's taking care of with the school and stuff like that so that kind of he kind of puts some responsibility in my hands as far as taking care of the team and um just being you know being the leader for them and uh just installing the offense and helping everybody understand you know because as as a little little bit different. I mean, Coach Beck's an amazing coach, but he gives a lot of freedom for me to be able to go and coach you know, just like the other players and stuff like that, uh, which is really cool. And so that's one of the changes that I've noticed, you know, just switching schools and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, new people and everything. But it's it's pretty funny though because All Saints there's a lot of kids that I used to play peewee football with at Alito that went on to go to All Saints later on, so I was able to meet up with them and stuff like that and catch up and. Whatever, but they both shared a trail of success within like the past couple of years since like 2010 and stuff. I mean, they both they both were like a lot of champions and championships and stuff like that. So just the culture, um, they both both share a similar culture. It's just like another opportunity for me to go out and compete and what somebody I love, and they they offer that, and so I took it up. So it was good. Well, since you were able to like accomplish your dream of being a starting high school quarterback, especially in the state of Texas where football is basically another religion down there, I would assume. Right. So yeah. take, I want you to take me through your first your first game playing with All Saints. 
as a starting quarterback under the Friday Night Lights. How did that feel for you, man? Yeah, so our first game was down in Austin, so we had to drive a little bit from Fort Worth. We packed up pretty early in the day, drove all the way down. And the stadium we played in was a grass field, something that I was you know, really used to, though, because there's so many turf fields and big old stadiums all across Texas, and we were, get, we were getting out on the grass field. It was I mean, hardly any wind. Perfect. I mean, a perfect night for football, really. So we played Austin Regents, and they actually there was like a record or something where they they've won all of their home games for like the past three years or something like that. So they had a pretty good streak going for them, and you know, for it being our first game and everything like that going going away, we were all pretty anxious, you know, going into it. We all had that. We all had the mindset of going out and competing. And, Stuff like that, going out and winning. But it was a pretty close game all in all. I mean, it was back and forth. I mean, our defense is really good that year, and so they helped out a lot, and we were able to capitalize on the majority of all of our drives, which helped out a lot. And uh, there was a lot of moments in the game where we were able to um, kind of get away with some of those, some, some stuff, too. It just worked. Just looking back on it, actually, like the time and like when we were holding possession of the ball and everything like that, just – Honestly, got pretty lucky, but we were able to, you know, capitalize on what we could do to be able to put points on the board and stuff like that, you know. But with it being the first game, especially you know my first true varsity start as a as a quarterback, it was definitely kind of nerve wracking to be honest. And once I was able to find my groove and uh, just be able to lock in on the defense, see what they were trying to do, I was just able to you know talk with coach to come up with plays because they, they were doing some different things and that they were doing when we were watching the film. So we had to tweak a couple of things just on the spot, which which was cool. And so we were able to go out and uh, make some minor adjustments and uh, go out and just put points on the board, and defense was able to hold them. And so we, we won the game. I forgot what the score was, but it was like 20-something to – it was probably like 20-something to 30-something. I'm not quite sure. But wow. um, it was a really exciting game. So That's pretty high scoring, not going to lie. <laughs> High school football, like especially when you're so dominant, so it's such a high-scoring affair. And going forward in your in your next three games, ten touchdowns to one interception, like quite a streak you had going. Then going into, I think it was the third, maybe the fourth game. It was a QB sneak at the goal line. You ran, you tried running it in, but you tore your uh-huh. leg around, man. Like three games yeah. into three games into your your tenure as a starting quarterback, and you get and, and it's a season-ending in, injury. What did you feel like? What was going through your mind right as it happened? It's funny because, so basically, in that game, we were on, like, the one-yard line. I was like, you know, quarterback, run up the middle, just give it all, give it all, and just go go score the touchdown. So, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm getting everything I got right here. So, I lower my shoulder, and I just just dive in there. And I felt a little tweak in my shoulder, but basically what the doctor told me is my shoulder actually moved backwards and then came back into socket because I ran in, laid my shoulder down, when I stood up, I threw my hands in there, and that caused it to come back into come back into place. And so I, I didn't quite know it because I had so much adrenaline going through me. So I mean, I just it just felt like a tweak in the moment. So I didn't I didn't think too much of it. So I'm getting on the sideline and stuff. Just I mean, I was actually throwing again. I was on the sideline throwing, just getting warmed up and just trying to keep my arm loose because I did feel the tweak. And so I was like, that's nothing. It just might be sore a little later, but didn't think much of it. After we, after we won the game, stuff like that, 
got home, woke up the next morning just stiff as a board. That's the moment where I was like, okay, now there, there's something wrong. And so I went into Coach Shapiro, who's our trainer, and he kind of diagnosed me. And he uh, said I just had like an AC joint sprain. I had a pretty nasty bruise that swelled up on my AC joint. And he said that it was just like a first-degree joint sprain. But it was pretty swollen on my AC joint. We had no idea there was an actual labrum tear. And so we took a week of just rehab and just being able to – because we thought I was going to be able to get back on the field for the next game and possibly, you know, the next after that. But, you know, it, it didn't get better through rehab. Like, I was actually able to get a lot of my range of motion back. But I was like, okay, I got to go get an MRI. I got to go see what's – what's real about this because the swelling hasn't gone down or anything like that. So we went in to three doctors just so we can make sure they all said the same thing. And two of them said that I did have a labrum tear. And, but the significant thing about it was there's a difference between the front, the front labrum tear and the backside labrum tear. And mine was a backside, which there's only a 50% chance of a backside tear happening, which is a lot better for recovery than a front side labrum tear. So that was something I was kind of faced with. I was like, okay, that's reassuring. That's that's good. And so, but I didn't know. Okay, do I need surgery? Okay, what's what's the plan? And so they they said I had an option of you know rehabbing, waiting, and, you know, doing that for six weeks, not playing any games, and then possibly being able to play like the last two or three, and then get surgery after the season, or I had the option of you know just getting the surgery done right here and now, getting into the rehab process avoid re-injuring it in the season and being ready to go by senior year, especially in spring ball too. But so I, I talked about it and uh, we made a decision to go out and get the surgery early. So I went ahead and got the surgery on October 9th and the day after I just, I just been rehabbing since and been throwing since February. So everything's been good. I haven't had any setbacks, but, but yeah, during the moment it was extremely frustrating because I knew like I, I switched schools and get this opportunity to be able to, you know, get some get some film out there, so and I was able to get a little bit, but I know I did. I don't know. I wasn't the, you know, I wasn't at my full potential yet. So I knew, you know, just after like during the surgery and like afterwards, like it's just something. It is what it is. And I mean, I knew like God has a plan. My parents keep telling me that. A lot of people keep telling me that, but I believe that. And so I was able to handle it pretty pretty good and just just in that just knowing that he has a plan and stuff so i wasn't sweating too much about it just going forward like i didn't know how it was gonna re- like i didn't know how it was gonna affect like recruiting and stuff like that because i dreamed of going to play college ball and stuff like that but um it, that all turned out which was good and stuff so i'm just ready to go rock and roll right now so yeah but during that time it, it, it sucked but <laughs> I got the worst days over now, so hopefully. Before we talk about recruiting, I just want to ask real quick, how's, how's the shoulder feeling now? Like, any better? Still mm-hmm. stiff? Yeah, I mean, right now, it's strong. It's actually a lot stronger than it was before the surgery, you know, before I had that injury. I think, you know, I did rehab literally the day after surgery. I've been on those bands since, since that day, and I think that's been – extremely beneficial for me and just being able to strengthen it and stuff. I, I got all my range of motion back, back in rhythm with my feet and throwing to my receivers like constantly. And uh, I feel way better than I was last season as far as just where my mindset is. 
the confidence that I have, especially like just in my shoulder and just being like injuries. Like I don't even think about that anymore. Like, cause I think those bandages just helped out so much with just strengthening it and the possibility of re-injuring it. That's, that doesn't even come to my mind cause I'm, I'm so confident in it. So. so the guy that could throw a ball 60 yards down the field can now possibly throw it farther now? Possibly. I mean, I was, uh, that's the thing right now, you know, just, uh, just bands and stuff like that's helped so much. And so, it's kind of like I don't have to step into it much. I can kind of sit, sit in the pocket and just hitch up once and just let it rip, which is which is cool to see, especially out with the receivers and stuff. So yeah, just putting more on a line and stuff, which is fun. So think you could outthrow Patrick Mahomes? I don't know, but that that'd be a good goal to set. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So now let's get into your recruiting process a little bit. I know that initially Coach Tucker, he was the head coach at Colorado's extended offer. Uh, with Coach Johnson too, but then he moved over to Michigan State. Was your were you if Coach Tucker had stayed with Colorado, would you have gone to Colorado, or was Michigan State always the school for you? Yeah, I mean, I probably would have gone to Colorado. Think about it. I know that they were hired by Michigan State. I probably would have gone to Colorado. You know, if they had stayed there, but you know, since they were hired by Michigan State, like. It just kind of turned me, you know, kind of in that direction of like, okay, Michigan State, you know, they hired them. They, they obviously think highly, you know, they obviously had a reason to hire them because, you know, they're successful and they've had a lot of experience on, you know, playing in championships and being around big programs. And so that, that stood out to me a lot. That just kind of started, like, once they moved there, it just kind of started the, uh, just me looking at Michigan State as like the college and kind of what their football programs like, their facilities, you know. I like the education part and stuff like that. So that kind of caught my eye a lot because I know Michigan State, they, they had a you know, big program, big football program. And football is, you know, something that they think really highly of up there. And that was something that was really cool to me. And so I was actually able to get a visit with them uh, back in March right before everything shut down with the virus and stuff. I think that was extremely beneficial going up and seeing that place. I mean, I instantly fell in love with it and just because, like, I loved how big the facilities were, especially, like, how much energy the staff brought to the team. And um, just, like, their culture, I mean, I felt I felt a lot of the – it was like, I thought it was very similar to the culture that I've been raised up in, um, just highly competitive atmosphere with a lot of energy. And also, like, as far as, like, being a quarterback, you know, Coach Johnson, I think – and he's been around a lot, of, a lot of great players. I think he – he knows how to develop the quarterbacks into their full potential, and that was something that really keyed in for me into making that decision. I think like Coach Johnson's going to be extremely beneficial for me and the quarterbacks just to be able to develop and uh, go ultimately go win games. I know that Coach Johnson. He said that like for his quarterbacks, he's looking for someone that's the CEO of the team. Yeah, you know, running absolutely. you're running a pro style spread, a lot of personnel, a lot of different formations and tempos. Do you feel like that playing style fits you as a pro-style quarterback? Absolutely. You know, I think with a lot of variation in an offense, I think you can optimize the, the use of that for the, you know, being able to have the defense think about, you know, the formation more and for them to be in different situations. So being able to retain all that knowledge of all the, you know, variety of plays and formations and stuff is very beneficial for a quarterback because then that gives you a lot of, tools and stuff to be able to uh, use against the defense to see what works or not. I know that I read somewhere that like in the seventh grade, you had a presentation of a college of your choosing. <laughs> and 
You yeah, just said Michigan football, State man. because they had a good basketball and football team. I got to ask, man, do you still have that uh, project? Oh, yeah, I do. It's funny because um, back in seventh grade, I had a uh, one of my best friends. He, he plays baseball. And he's actually TCU commit, plays catcher. But his mom was our college and career class teacher. Mm. So we were doing this project kind of at the end of the year. I'm just like, you know, trying to add up all like the financial stuff for college and, you know, where you want to go, what, you know, just like kind of learn about it and you know, see how much that's, you have to pay and blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. But I actually just out of nowhere, I don't, I don't know why, I was probably watching Sports Center after school or something, saw like Michigan State or whatever. And I was like, huh, I kind of want to know about them. And so I knew they had a really good athletic program. And, uh, you know, I like their colors. I like their mascot. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, you know, why not do Michigan State? <laughs> you know, not, you know, I didn't want to do any Texas team or anything like that. I was, you know, just kind of thinking just whatever. But <laughs> it's kind of funny how it just comes back to you. My teacher in that class, she actually sent me uh, the project that I did over that in seventh grade. So I was able to go back and kind of look at what I did. It was pretty funny. Are you going to take it with you to Michigan State? Oh, I mean... I'm gonna keep it for. I'm just gonna keep it with me forever, probably. I mean, you know, I think, I think I have it on like a flash drive because I didn't, you know, back in the day I didn't really save it to POG the flash drive, so I got it on a little flash drive. So I'm just gonna definitely keep it. That's definitely gonna be a keeper for me. So that's awesome, man. Like, it's hard to deviate from the football talk a little bit. I just had to ask that, you know. No, for sure. So I know that was hilarious for me because I didn't make that connection to the day I committed, I was like, no, I feel like I did like a project or something. So I went, I went back and found, I was like, no way. Like, it's crazy. It's just funny how life works, man, you know? Oh, for sure, for sure. So back into a little bit of the quarterback talk. I know that you you mentioned it like a, a couple of minutes ago. You are very studious and you are very hardworking in the film room. Like you planning all these scenarios for like different formations of different plays, whether you're trying to see how a defense is going to react if you come out in bunch, if you come out in spread or in the eye formation. Like so, when you're studying tape, what exactly do you look for in opposing defenses? Is there any position in particular that you focus on the most? Yeah, I mean, just going in now, I think being able to identify for defenses, um, especially something that I learned or more recently is just being able to identify fronts as far as like, you know, if I have, you know, four linebackers covering the pass or three or, you know, how many safeties, like depending on like what, what formation the offensive line, like the offense lines up in kind of will show what the defense will more tend to line up in. And that's something that I was kind of able to learn more after I got hurt and especially helps out a lot in the, lot in the film room. Mm-hmm. Just being able to identify like, okay, if we're in the gun or, we're in trips or if we're going to, you know, go with seven-man protection, just being able to identify, like, okay, if we line up in this formation, this is what to probably expect from the defense. Seeing how they line up will ultimately be able to, you know, if there's going to be a blitz coming or something like that. So, like, that all kind of goes back to being able to learn the fronts, and that was something I learned after the, my injury, being able to identify fronts, which also can help identify, like, backers and blitzing and also the rotation of the safeties. Um, that all kind of plays together. So being able to identify that a lot quicker now, you know, not being able to go and think about it on the, on the whiteboard, but something to uh, pick up faster and being able to recognize faster um, will ultimately help out a, a bunch on the field. 
yeah, but like in the weight room, or like in the in the film room. I mean, just being able to identify who's who. I mean, really, like where's your safeties? You know, where's your corners? Where your linebackers? And something that I'm gonna especially look forward high school football next year is being able to understand like what fronts they're in, being able to pick blitzes up because that was something I didn't really recognize as much last year. Being able to see where see where the blitz is coming from and being able to throw hot in that direction or whatever is something that I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, it's going to ultimately help me okay, understand if, if, if I'm running a good play or not. So I think that being more consistent with identifying defensive players on the field, you know, what, they, what I think they're going to be doing is really key. And then also I think on the field, I, I tend to key in, especially last season, I tend to key, key on more on like the uh, the cornerbacks and the safeties and the linebackers. Cause, I mean, we worked a bunch of high lows and stuff like that with them. I wasn't really paying attention to like blitzes or stuff up front, mm-hmm. um, which there was a couple situations where had I known they were blitzing, I could have, you know, dished it to someone else for a better game or, you know, had a better play, you know, made a couple of changes to the play. But it's a, it's, it's a lot like, like I said, it's just going to be you know, it's something that I keep learning as far as like, you know, decision making, I keep, you know, learning stuff. And I think, especially for next season, it's just going to help out a lot and go with games. Have you had a chance to study any Big Ten defense tape? Anything from Penn State, Iowa, OSU, anything like that? Mm-hmm. I kind of glanced at it. You know, I've been able to watch some film with one of my coaches. Of, we watched a couple games, you know, with like Oklahoma and Alabama. This was before I committed, you know, so I was kind of looking at some other stuff as far as colleges and being able to identify that. But we were actually able to, I forgot what year it was, but whenever Alabama played Oklahoma, I think I think Kyler Murray was a quarterback then, but we were able to look at the Alabama's defense and see you know, over, over a couple plays against what the formations they were running, being able to understand what Al, what, Bama, what they were going to run, what coverages they were going to run. So being able to you know get on film and uh, just being able to see the pattern of what, coverages and defense play is really key and stuff like that. And I think it's going to be really cool, especially, you know, at the college level, you know, everybody on the field is a D1 athlete. So, you know, they got some special skill to them. So it just all comes to, you know, being able to make the right read and um, going out and executing the play. So now I'm going to ask you just, just point blank. Where do you, where do you see yourself taking Michigan State once you grab the starting reins? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean – I just want to go win games. Cause that's the thing. Growing up, you know, winning championships and stuff like that. And this, this is something I don't usually tell a lot of people because I think it kind of comes off a little braggy. But it is true. Is like I've never lost like a like a football game, even going back through Pee Wee football. I mean, like I have not legit lost like an official football padded like pads and everything football game. And I think that kind of goes into play as far as like you know bringing a type of competitiveness and, you know, something to Michigan State as far as, like, you know, the team being able to recognize, you know, the type of mentality um, going into a game, just having that competitive drive to go win games. Something that I want to really bring to Michigan State because they've been in the ups and downs lately, especially last season. I mean, I think, you know, I don't, I'm not quite sure what their record was. I think it was, I think it was like 6-7. and seven. I'm not quite sure. I'll be sure to look um, in, yeah. Fact check me on that, but like that's something I want to bring to them, you know, go win games, you know, win championships and stuff like that. And uh, being able to, you know, put in all the hard work of being able to recognize defenses, learn, you know, learn all that stuff, being able to be developed by the coaches, I think is going to look 
like I think the future's going to be really bright for Michigan State, you know, as far as you know, going, wet, going out and winning games and, uh, and that good stuff. Uh, you say I know you. You just said like, you never lost a game anywhere as a starter. Yeah. So, so, say that you do suffer your first loss at the collegiate level. How do you feel like you'll be able to process it and handle it and come back from it? You know, there's always that. You know, people go through it. You know, losing and stuff like that. I try not to think about it. Like I always think about. You know, going into a game like losing the game never crosses my mind. It's always like. You know, if I'm ever presented in the situation, if we're down or whatever, I'm, you know, thinking of ways we can get back on top, you know, and just trying to um, go out and ex- execute. But as far as, like, you know, being able to handle it, I think, I mean, I'll be fine, you know, after, you know, if we ever do lose, I'm not trying to say we will. But, I mean, if that was ever the case. But I think, you know, being able to bounce back, being able to learn from it, especially, you know, because, I mean, there, if there's ever a time, you know, you lose a game like I've seen towards other teams you know there's always turnovers or there's always casual mistakes that just common mistakes that players make that ultimately you know put the other team in, in an advance and so like like for me just being able to go go and see the mistakes and learn from it as fast as possible is something you know that I think that I'll be able to do and handle now I know you said that you also chose Michigan State for their academics and you want to go into business mm-hmm. And, you know, right now in high school, 3.8 GPA, uh, 22 on your ACTs, man. How are how have you been able to balance yourself as a top-tier student at your school and a top-tier Texas high school quarterback? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of – it's been like definitely have to have a lot of commitment as far as like, you know, what your goals are. And that was something for me, you know, going into – like all Saints, I know they, they had a harder academic program. And uh, that was something I had to just kind of think about. It was like, kind of had to step up in that area. And I was able to just keep really good grades in that. And as far as like, you know, being able to play quarterback too, you just got to be committed and devoted to, you know, being a good student and being a good quarterback. And there's a lot of time, you know, that's spent on both. And that's something you just got to be able to commit to yourself and just go out and do. And so, that was, that was something I thought about before, you know, going in and doing it. So I was able to think about it and just commit to it and just go do it. So uh, we, we touched upon this a little earlier, but I kind of want to just like break break it out here. Um, you know, going into twenty twenty at your senior year, you already have three games under your belt, and they were pretty good games enough to like get you like thirteen offers from top tier schools. So like, what do you feel like you have to prove senior year going forward? Like once you get out there. Like, what do you want to show the world? I can get a program, because the program, so all Saints, there's a little history on them. The season that they had before me, they went 2-8. and eight. And so, and then the, the first three games that I played with them, junior, we beat, those three teams all went to their individual state championships at the end of the season. And so that was something that was kind of like an eye-opener for us. It's like how much potential that we had. And so I know the potential we have as a team. Especially, like, you know, coronavirus. I mean, I just see it as an advantage for me to be able to, you know, learn and be able to get with coaches and stuff like that just to learn about you know, other teams going into next year. Like, we already got our schedule, stuff like that. We're going to be playing games. There's going to be fans in the stadium. So, I mean, that's all to be expected. So, you know, for me, it's like I want to go out and prove that we can go win a state championship 
6A Division One TAPS program, you know. So that's something that I want to bring and show everybody that I can you know, turn this program around and that I'm a person that can do that. Just before we ended, I wanted to let you know, like, I, I looked up Michigan State records, 7-6 and six last year, 4-5 or five Big Ten players. 7-6, yeah, that's right. All right, man. Like, any, anything else you want to add before we, we wrap up? Just going forward, I mean, I guess one thing you can say about me is just, like, I'm going to compete and win games, you know, go win a bunch of games and stuff. So I love the competition and can't wait to see what MSU has and uh, what they're going to build and stuff like that. See you all join us, you know, get some because they're going to have a – we're going to have a really good recruiting class, I think, you know, as far as, you know, we had a lot of commitments recently and being able to build off that. And uh, for the future of Michigan State, I think we're building something special and we're going to all have the focus of going out and winning a lot of games. Can't wait to see it, man. And I'll be sure to keep my eye on you once you play my alma mater, are you? I'd like to thank Hampton again for taking the time to sit down and talk with us today and just go ahead and wish him nothing but the best going forward, not just in his senior year in high school, but going forward in his collegiate career at Michigan State with Coach Stucker. Good luck, man. I'd also like to give a huge shout-out and thanks to my friend Keenan Dixon, who was a huge help for me in preparation for my interview with Hampton. Uh, go give him a follow on Twitter when you can. It's at K-I-E-N-A-N-D-I-X-O-N-16. Great guy, great follow, highly recommend it. Thanks again, Keenan. Love you, bro. And remember, to catch more of these player interviews and other content, you can find us on Inside the Hashes, on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor, wherever you listen to podcasts, Inside the Hashes is there. If you want to follow us on our social media, you can check us out at Inside the Hashes on Instagram, which is just Inside the Hashes. On Twitter, we are at Inside Hashes. And on Facebook, we are at Inside the Hashes. You can also check out our official website, www.insidethehashes.com. For player interviews and for inside.